You're listening to the Rotary Wing Show, a show for helicopter aircrew by helicopter aircrew. Each episode, we travel the world to hear from the people that fly and support helicopters to learn a little bit more about their stories and pick up some tips along the way. If you want to catch up on past shows or see photos from the interviews, head over to rotarywingshow.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Just search for Rotary Wing Show and get future episodes direct to your phone. I'm your host, Mick Cullen. Welcome back to the Rotary Wing Show. This is episode 101, and it's another chance to dive in and find out more about the helicopter industry and the different avenues that it can take you down. Thanks for, for joining me and for hanging out wherever you're listening in from. There are so many niche categories in the, in the roles and jobs that you do with helicopters. I'm always reminded that being able to fly a helicopter, getting it from A to B safely, is just the absolute starting point. Once you're there, then it is all about learning about a particular business task or goal that you are supporting. Whether that is being a good trainer, knowing about adult education techniques, knowing what the, the power line maintainers are, are trying to achieve so you can position the aircraft, having an understanding of how emergency services work together on, on a fire ground, or how the, the tuna boat fishing operations are conducted. This is just some examples. Every type of operation that we do like this has its own nuances and the things that you learn by experience and hopefully from listening to or, or learning from others that have done it before. One of those different things that occasionally pops up is a chance to go and capture air-to-air photos. Mark Watterson is the owner of Sky High Photos and has been shooting photos air-to-air since 2014. Mark is based in southeast Queensland here in Australia. In this episode, Mark gives us a bit of a primer into how to best work with an aerial photographer and some of the logistics that goes into planning a shoot and getting those attention-grabbing photos that you want for your company marketing. If the situation comes up and you get tapped on the shoulder and tasked to fly either as the subject aircraft or the photo platform, you'll have a head start after listening to this. Mark, thanks very much for having time to hang out with us. I think, no yeah, mate, I'm trying to work out when we actually bumped into each other for the first time. Because I know you started doing this photo work in 2014, I think. You might have been mucking around earlier. But it's probably, yep. probably pretty since then. You've been a, a pretty constant fixture at almost every airfield in southeast Queensland. I think you get around, and I think especially in the helicopter community, most folks in, in this mm. corner of the world uh, are pretty familiar with your face dropping in. And, and uh, <laughs> it's always a smiling face. I'm always very happy to, to come and see everyone. So yeah, it's great to have a bit more of a chat to find out how you got started and, and get, I guess, some feedback from you in terms of how we as, as air crew work with uh, photographers. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, I basically started hanging around helicopters in, in and around 2014. I actually um, started off volunteering with RACQ Careflight back then, with now, now Lifelight, just helping out with with photos and events and stuff like that. And, and my father being in aviation, we uh, were down at the Recliffe Airfield quite a, quite a fair bit, which is, I dare say, where we first bumped into each other down there. Me with my camera, just enjoying taking photos of the helicopters down there, just enjoying uh, the atmosphere down at the airfield. So had you done photography, you know, amateur or professional before that, or this all sort of came together at the same time? 
Um, I always enjoyed taking photos. Uh, I had a very close family member of mine. was always very supportive of my photos. You know, I'd always come into work and, and show my auntie um, some of my photos and she'd always give me that little push to say, you know, you should really do something with this. You should, you should take it further. Try and turn it into a business. So I guess from there, I just I tried different sort of genres, people, landscapes and the aviation. And I guess aviation being in the background of the family and a bit of a passion of mine, I just kind of pursued down that avenue and it's, it's just been great ever since. It's, it's one of those rare opportunities where you, you have a job you love and you just enjoy it. That's what it's turned into for me. And there's all kinds of photographers we've worked with before. A lot of them, you know, just do progress shots of building sites. Mm. Uh, and I guess it depends on what platform they're after, whether it's a you know, fixed wing or, or rotary. But for, for yeah. most of the stuff you've done, like almost every single photo I think I've seen of yours has all been helicopter related. Yeah, look, I've predominantly done helicopters for a while, mainly because the work's been there for it and the demand for the, the, um, the scenic sort of tours and uh, utility operators. I haven't had too many inquiries with the fixed wing side of things. I do still do fixed wing air to air, but the, the, the demand hasn't been there for me for those. It's, it's been prominent with the, the rotaries. I guess that's we should, I guess, in terms of context here, is most of the, the work you're doing is actually photos of helicopters and air to air work as opposed to just seeing a helicopter and, and shooting at the ground. Uh, so that's where it yeah. sort of ties back into what we're going to talk about. That's right. So, yeah, you've got your general aviation enthusiasts that enjoy you know, getting photos of commercial airliners and stuff from the, the known loop at the airport. I predominantly specialise in air to air photography. So, being in the aviation industry, being around helicopters and fixed wing uh, for a lot of my life. I've gained a lot of experience around the aircraft, the safety aspect of things. And yeah, it's just, it's worked well and it's a field that I'm comfortable in and people know know me in the industry, like you said, and are comfortable working with me. Yeah, just in terms of, I guess, kudos or, or you know, where you, your photos get shown uh, for people who haven't come across your work before. Because there's a couple of, I guess superstar, almost celebrity photographers in the in the helicopter world. You got I think it's, you know, Ned Dawson and is it Andrew Peachy? I don't, I don't know if I've got the pronunciation right there. Who I yeah. might be in in the uh, in Europe, but uh, yeah, yeah. We're, in terms of places, you know, or brands that people would recognise in terms of media wise, uh, where have you got your photos in so far? Uh, look, some of the uh, the bigger clients that I've dealt with. More recently, I was approached by Leonardo Helicopters for their 109 Trekker demo tour that they recently did in Australia and New Zealand. So for that one there, I actually travelled down to Sydney and we did some aerial footage and stills of the 109 Trekker around the Sydney Harbour, Bondi and that sort of area. And then from there, it got shipped to New Zealand where we followed it over there and did the same thing over there in uh, Auckland, utilising GSS stabilised camera on the front of the helicopter to do the filming and me in the back doing the, the still shots. So that was one of my bigger projects that I've done, um, which is the, the 4K filming, which I've moved into now as well. But one of the more local customers I've done is New Media for SeaWorld Helicopters. Uh, they approached me last year, wanting New Media to update all their social media and brochures and whatnot. And yeah, did a air-to-air shoot with one of their squirrels around... The Gold Coast, around SeaWorld itself, and into the hinterlands of some of the tours that they do to promote them a bit more. 
There was a magazine though too, wasn't? Didn't you have a connection with someone in the US that you were uh, helping out with one of the magazines? Yeah, that there's um, a long story behind that one, but yeah, there was a, a magazine that I was affiliated with. Uh, go so well, unfortunately. So I kind of had to pull away from that a little bit just to maintain my side of things over here, just to keep keep everything right because it was essentially two businesses. One was the magazine, and one was my my sky high photos side of things so i just wanted to make sure that i kept my side okay because unfortunately yeah the magazine didn't didn't go so well over this side of the world yeah no problems now you just threw out there before and i guess there's all these terms that come up with the photography side but gss what's the expansion you know i'm guessing it's gyro but what's the what's the actual terminology there so the gss brand is known as the gyro stabilized system so it's basically just a big uh, front front man of the camera. The best way to describe it is the um, the sky cam that you see in the V8s or the um, the football. Well, it's a camera that's mounted on the front of the helicopter with an operator in the front seat who's trained to use that camera. And then yeah, I, I sit in the back and do the stills because the camera operator is a bit more advanced and experienced than I am with the film side of things. So it's just another brand. So it'd be like shot over. It's just GSS is a is a particular brand. Correct. There's. Uh, GSS, which is gyro stabilized systems, and then there's shot over. They're the, they're the two main ones in the in the game. All right. Well, let's talk about I guess crew coordination then. When you're, mm. I don't know where you want to start from in terms of communicating with the pilots or even the pre-flight planning of of how you're gonna you know set up for the shots. But if you've got, you know, if you're working with a a, a junior pilot who hasn't done much photo work, how do you start that process? Uh, you know, I guess to have that rapport and that communication to help them get the aircraft where you want it to be to get the shot? Yeah, look, I I haven't had the experience of working with anyone with minimal flight experience. Most of the jobs that I've done are with more experienced pilots. There is a low-hour uh, pilot. Uh, there's generally someone with a bit more experience beside them just to help them out. It, it, it all starts with the briefing. I've got two main two main styles of shoots if you like basically if i've got a customer that's got all their own fleet and are happy for me to use one of their aircraft and one of their experienced pilots and we use their uh, asset as a photo ship so being the customer's machine they know the area they know where they want the shots they know what backgrounds they want so it's easy to coordinate with them the airspace in which we, we're going to operate in. So we can cook, we have a good flight brief at the start, you know, where we're going, what heights we're at, what distance we want to keep each other apart, and we go from there. The, the second style is if we need to cross-hire a machine and a pilot to do a shoot for another company. We did this with Leonardo in Sydney and in New Zealand. So we... For Sydney, we used uh, Sydney helicopters with their squirrel, and in New Zealand, we used uh, helitrans. And again, it comes down to the project um, scope as to what the customer wants, as to who we decide to use. The reason we chose Sydney helicopters and helitrans was due to the pilot experience. So we used Mark from Sydney helicopters due to his filming background with helicopters. You know, he's done a lot of work with the Sydney to Hobart filming and things like that. And in New Zealand, using helitrans, we use Tony Monk, who's really renowned in the aerial filming industry for some of his work with like Lord of the Rings and some of the popular series over there. 
So we use people like that that have the experience in that scope that we needed to, to achieve for our customers. So when we do our briefs with those sorts of guys, they know exactly the limitations that they need to achieve for the filming and the dynamic shots that we want to achieve as well. When it comes down to, if we're not doing the, the filming, if we're just doing the stills, we just do a brief with the, the film, uh, sorry, the, the photo ship pilots and the other pilots involved. If it's, if it's only a single aircraft that we're shooting, that's nice and easy. Cause we're, obviously the more machines you got in the air, the, the more difficult it is. And you've just got to coordinate a lot more uh, with the aircraft. I guess the biggest thing when we're doing the air-to-air -air shoots is that we just get the subject to continue on their course. So at the photo ship, we will do all the moving around. So I'll give directions to the pilot. You know, let's let's get his um, let's get him at our six o'clock, or let's get him at our nine o'clock, whatever it may be, high and low. So whether we're going to go above them or below them to get the shot, and we just keep our subject cruising it. Uh, straight and level. If we need him to do some dynamic turns, we just get him to turn on our command and we follow them around. And we just keep the coordination between us all. So we give the subject pilot the instructions and my pilot knows where to go and how to follow from there. So the dynamic turns we're talking about there, you're looking at those shots where it's sort of getting a bit of a belly and you've got like that, that action in the shot of the, you know, the aircraft rolling and banking That's away. Right. That's right. So there's um, a recent one I've done up the coast, up and around the Glasshouse Mountains, where you know we would turn with the aircraft. So you'd one one of my big selling points with my photography is I, that I capture motion in stills. That's one of my biggest selling points. So with my shots, you get that feeling of motion in those shots, and that's what I mean by those dynamic shots. So we'll actually turn with the aircraft to give you that feel of motion as you're turning around that mountainside. So that's, that's what I mean by those dynamic shots. So we'll get the subject to turn and we'll follow them around at a similar angle just above them. Yeah, you can do a lot of trickery with, with photography and lenses. In terms of, mm. of distances, like what sort of, you know, it's probably not in terms of millimetres, not to mean much to too many people, but if anyone's listening has got a, a photo bent, what sort of yep. lenses are you shooting with? And you know, what does that do to the, to the range in terms of, of how close you actually need to get the two aircraft together? So there's two main lenses that I use for my air-to-air -air shoots. One's a um, 70 to 200, and the other one is a uh, one goes up to 105. It's my wide-angle one anyway. And basically, depending on what the customer wants, if I need the wide the wider shots where I'm getting the aircraft slightly smaller in my frame, but more of the background, I'll use my wider lens. If we're going to do a more focused shot of the aircraft, a bit of a tighter shot into the frame, we'll use the 70 to 200 mil lens. Uh, Distance-wise between the aircraft, it's usually two to three rotor discs in the helicopters that we stay apart. And again, depending on the shot, depending on the distance, but the, um, the closest, safest possible usually gets me the best shots. And you can play with the, the speed, I guess, to, to get more of that rotor blur or the... Uh more of a, you know, a snap, like a sharp image of the, the rotor. Do you yeah. muck around with that in flight and like take a whole bunch and then come back and see what you get? Or do you have a couple of favorite settings that you kind of know that that's going to work? How do you, how do you manage that part of that, that, just that rotor blur? That's one of the harder parts of aerial photography doing air to air. So 
for those that know um, shutter speeds with cameras, the slower you go, the more blur you're going to get. So any movement in camera is going to create a blur. So the hard thing for me is I'm moving and my subject's moving as well. So I usually start off about a 1 160th and work my way down from there. So I'll usually take the shot at 1 160th, see how it comes out real quick, and then I'll just play from there whether I go lower or if I need to go a bit higher, but it's usually 1 60th and lower that I stick to until I get towards the sunset shots. And when I get to the sunset shots, the light's going down a bit more. Sometimes you do get that harsh orange light. You speed it up to you know, maybe 1 200th and yeah, just play around from there because it's always different depending on the cloud cover, what the background is, um, the color of your subject. There's a lot of different variations that you've got to play with. So there's a lot going on and it's, I do I sometimes compare it to weddings because it's very high stakes because you don't always get a second shot of it uh, at um, air-to-air shots. And it's expensive too. Like, you know, to, to, to circle back around and line that shot up again, that could be six minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> and the, and the, Absolutely. the clock's ticking. That's exactly right. So, yeah, you've, it is a bit of a high stakes sort of job. So it's um, adrenaline keeps you going. And especially when you get those money shots, it's just, it's a good feeling. You, you get back on the ground, you show your client some of the shots you've taken straight from the camera. And when they're blown away, that's just the best feeling. Well, I'll come back to talk about um, what money shots you recommend people tie and line up. Because there's a couple out yeah. there again. I'll talk about when I've had to get shots done before in terms of. You know what we show the photographer in terms of hey, this is kind of what we're after, mm. and, and show our video. But I was just going to ask. There's a funny video that's it's been kicking around social media the last uh, it, it's probably a couple of weeks old now. But it's a, a loadmaster in the back of a military helicopter with his helmet on, but he basically sticks his head out the window and, and makes some pretty funny faces with his uh, lips moving backwards and forwards in the airflow. Yeah. And, and I can't remember if yeah. you shared a, an aerial photographer version of that or something else captioned I did, it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, how how do you is that a thing? You know, do you have to pull your head in to talk to the pilots or are you leaning out to it get that really shot? Is. I've got um, all my safety gear that I use in my um, air-to-air shoots. And permitting aircraft permitting, if it's, a, if it's a bigger aircraft, I can wear my helmet, which I'm in the process of getting a new helmet, which has one of the, the face masks on the front. So that's going to help with um, wind interference. We do get quite a lot of wind interference. So my first few shoots, I was learning the hard way had the microphone in front of me just using my um, Bose A20s. Just getting a lot of interference as you hang out that door because there's a lot of there's a lot of wind coming at you, especially if your pilot, you know, slips the machine sideways. You just you're copping all that wind, and you know I learnt the hard way. Um, so I went and bought a push to talk button, which I hold in my trigger hand, my trigger hand for taking the photos, so that I can coordinate with the pilot straight away any command so that there's no delay and that also helps with the wind interference so until I get my uh, new helmet with the face mask on it that's kind of a in-between measure that I've used it's just using that push to talk so you know we're not getting that wind interference while I'm taking the shot I don't need to communicate when you are communicating yeah and it's probably really simple stuff but is it just simply you know turn left turn right come you know come left five degrees up a bit down a bit how are you actually communicating to the pilot in terms of where you want to get the aircraft? Majority of the time, it's a 50-50 role between the pilot and myself as to keeping the eyes out as to where we are in position with the the subject aircraft. 
reason I say it's 50-50 is sometimes obviously my eyes are in the lens and looking at the camera, so the pilot's always helping me look out, making sure we've got that safe distance between us. When it comes to giving the directions, I usually do it in, in, in feet, rough feet. If I, need the, if I need us to go up, I'll just ask him to go up five or up ten and just judge it from there. It's, you kind of got to play around a bit, depending on, again, what the background is, how close you are, how, how, whether you want to be up above. Some of the, the helicopters have yellow tips on the rotors or white tips on the rotors, so you've got to really pay attention to what the background is. If you're flying over over water and you've got houses in the background that are white, a lot of white houses, you're going to lose your subject if they've got the white rotor tips. So you're going to lose a, a bit of the um, the subject in that sort of frame. And, and even with whitewash with the water as well, if you're, if you're going over the surf and you're, you're getting a downward shot, if we're above the subject shooting down and there's whitewash, you're going to lose the helicopter in that as well. So there's a lot of factors in that as to giving directions and stuff like that. So you... It, it, most of it is simple, but like I said, we try and keep our subject on a path and we move around them unless we need them to come closer or go up, go down, whatever it may be. The only difficult time we run into sub, um, communication is usually when there's multiple aircraft. That's when it can get pretty tricky. Um, the easiest method I've found is instead of trying to remember, the biggest shoot I've done is five aircraft. So instead of trying to remember all the regos, um, I had a, a BK-117, a 120, and three squirrels. So we just positioned them where I wanted the, the flight line I wanted them to fly in, and they all got numbers, one to five, and they just had to remember their numbers. So in their positions, I would just say, you know, four and five, move move closer to three, or whatever it may be. And I find that is the easiest way to work with multiple aircraft. Gotcha. Yeah. We spoke before about you've got that limited shot or limited chance to, to get that shot uh, and then getting the pressures yep. on, especially with social media now. You know, again, the, the nice still photo is awesome for the you know the big backdrop of the, the company headquarters or on uh, mm. you know on print media. Every time I've seen you, I think you're carrying around like three GoPros at the same time. So, mm. how is that just something you do all the time in terms of you know whether it's a value add or is that something you know it's actually just rolled into the into the, the quote, the fact that you're grabbing video at the same time, just so you've got, you know, that, that extra product at the end of the day. Yeah, look, sometimes there's a bit of a uh, an added factor that's a bit of a bonus. I personally really enjoy watching the behind-the-scenes clips of my my, um, my shoots. It helps me understand, and um, this could sound a bit silly, but my behaviours in the aircraft as well. I can re-watch making sure... Um, my behaviour in the aircraft, making sure I'm paying enough attention outside the aircraft, not what's in front of us, what's what's out the side of me. Also, just get, just getting really cool footage from behind the scenes. Sometimes I can turn out really cool. Like I said, recently that shoot that I did um, around the Glasshouse Mountains, the way my camera was positioned, my GoPro was positioned in the aircraft, there was actually no obstructions. I was looking straight out the window and I got some really cool footage of an R66 just going around the mountains with, without me in the frame, without any of the, the aircraft in the frame. It just showed the, the subject helicopter flying around the mountain and it actually turned out pretty good. Being that the, the GoPros, are, some of the newer ones have stabilisation in them, it actually yeah, it turned out quite good. So there is an added bonus in that. So I, I use, I've got six GoPros. Um, I mostly put them 
there's usually two or three in my aircraft and then I'll put some in the other subject aircraft to get some footage of that as well. Some projects might want a bit of a view of a, a typical scenic flight. So that's when I'll put the GoPro on the subject and we'll get some fake passengers in the aircraft just to give it that appearance that we're doing one of the scenic flights. Uh, and one of the more recent add-ons, which I'll be using shortly, is a um, communications cable that goes into the GoPro. So I'll be able to uh, record all comms, ATC and internal comms, um, so I can piece that together into some footage clips for whether it's behind the scenes or for some flight videos for customers. If we talk now, I guess, back on the, the customer side, and I, I guess I'll talk through how I went about it and a few have recommendations for people but it was before I think it was before we met you we had to line up and, and get a couple of aerial shots we did but essentially what, what yep. I did is I, I jumped online and went to Google Images and typed in helicopters mm. to start off and narrow it down but essentially ended up with a folder of about you know 30 or 40 just shots from the internet that I, that I grabbed um, you know, people put them call them like a, like a, a vision board or whatever you want to call it like that but just to, yep. to be able to sit down with a photographer, and, and I guess you're getting some shots pretty similar, you know what works, but for, mm. for me to try and work out what we want on our website and what we want on our you know, pies and stuff, they then yep. gave me like a you know, pool of photos I could show to sort of say, hey, this is what we're looking for. Then also helped us kind of thinking about where we we're going to place the aircraft. What's yep. the, you know, is that the process you go through for someone who's, who wants to get photos done for their company for the promotion? What are the steps you recommend? Look, um, again, it comes down to different clients. For example, SeaWorld, they knew exactly the shots that they want. They had pretty much what you said. They've Googled some images. They've even used Google Earth because you can do the 3D style images on that. So they've taken some, some 3D screen grabs of the SeaWorld resort itself. And they've simply printed out a one of the photos of their helicopters, cut it out, and basically used the Google image, put the helicopter in front of the Google image, and just showed me roughly where they want it positioned and what the what they want the photo to look like. So they were really well organised in the fact that they knew what they wanted. Now, in saying that, I don't just go right. That's the shot he wants. That's it. I'm done. I'll maximise my time in that aircraft. If I can get more shots, I'm going to get you more shots. That's I'm not like a, a wedding photographer says. Right, you only get 20 photos. My goal is to get as many shots as I possibly can. Because it is hard getting good quality shots, like I said, slowing down your shutter speed, I want to maximise what I can do for my customers. So I do try to go above and beyond in that factor of not just getting what you want. I'll get as much as I possibly can during that shoot for you. If it gets to a customer that really wants air-to-air shots, they just don't know what they want, I'll sit down with them and say, right, what, what's your core business? What what do you want to show people? Where do you go? What do you do? You know, is it a scenic flight? Is it a utility company? Do you do lifting jobs? Do we do a mock lifting shoot? Do we do um, a quick little tour, a, a pub crawl where we land at a pub and get some photos of you in, in the pub grounds or something like that? So I'll sit down and I'll just see what the customer wants to focus on uh, promoting for their company. And then we, we go from there. Is there anything else, what else do you want to sort of draw out in terms of you know, how to make it easy to work with, with you or work with an aerial photographer or what makes the, the, the shoot go nice and smoothly? Um, the biggest thing for me is 
I guess the experience of the pilot of the photo ship. If I can get the most experienced pilot of the organisation, if they're using their own um, crew, if I get the most experienced pilot, that makes my job a lot easier. If it's a student pilot or if it's a low hours pilot in the subject ship, that doesn't really matter too much because we're giving them the instructions of what to do anyway. The photo ship's the one that's doing all the running around and manoeuvring. So as long as I've got the most experienced pilot I can get, that is the biggest advantage for me, is being able to have someone that I can rely on and yeah, get the job done right. And next week, which is why we're trying to get this, this interview in now, is Rototech yep. coming up in, in Brisbane. And I, I, I guess it got rolled from, from last year for memory because of, of COVID. And I yeah. think it was probably two years before that. Uh, so it was probably the, the biggest helicopter event we've had uh, in Australia for this most recent period that industry has a chance to, to get together. Uh, so you're right. yep, so you're still there uh, for folks to, to come and have a look. Uh, so where can they yeah, come and so find you there? Um, I've taken the punt and decided to go to a stand this year at Rotec. I attended the last Rotec up at the sunny coast and um, after that event, they were saying uh, how much interest there was in the event and how they're looking to expand. So this Rotatech this year is apparently bigger and better than ever. So I've got to stand there. I'll, I'll be on stand 1D5, which is the first block in from the, the main entrance of the expo this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. I guess it's all about scale. I think they're talking about 14 helicopters being on display there. So people listening yeah. from, from uh, internationally in terms of air shows or expos, you can sort of gauge the, the size of it. But yeah, for the Australian industry, uh, we're pretty spread out. So that's not uh, too bad of an effort. Yeah, that's right. So they've got three main areas of this expo. They've got the static display, which is on the oval of the RNA showgrounds. And then they've got the, the trade uh, exhibition, which is in the, the pavilion. And then you've got your conference seminars as well. So they've got three little components, three separate areas to go to for this event. So it it is quite, you know, it's our largest helicopter event we've got here in Australia. So it'll be, it should be really good. I'm not sure what day I'll get in there yet. I've just got to juggle a few other bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming in and seeing you there and, and a few other people. Yeah. And, and again, if you're listening to the show, yeah, come and track Mark down. And if I'm there that day, we'll, uh, we'll try and hook up as well. But uh, failing that, Mark, where else can do you want to just give a, your website and social media a quick plug, uh, and people can track you down there too. Yeah, so look, uh, I've got my website, which is just skyhighphotos.com.au. I'm more active on the social medias, so there's the Facebook, which is just at skyhighphotos, and Instagram's probably a bit more popular one at the moment, which is just at sky underscore high underscore photos. Yeah, you know, obviously, given the, the product that you're producing in photos and videos, it's uh, social media is probably yeah. a good place to, to track down and see some of the stuff you've done. Uh, you're on Absolutely. LinkedIn, so yeah, if I can search for, for Mark and make a connection there too. And uh, if any photography questions from that sort of things, uh, shoot at Mark. But let's let's finish up then. Do you want to just, I don't know, what, what's your top sort of three kind of shots that you love? You know, it just really sells helicopters when you when you see it in a photo. How do you? What are your top sort of three that you you love positioning for? Uh, look, I've, one of my highlights. It's probably been two main highlights for me. One was down at Melbourne Cup. I got to uh, do a photo shoot over the top of Melbourne Cup, and I guess just being above such a huge event, 
with this this aircraft just in front of us. That was it was pretty magic for me. And just getting those wicked money shots for the customers is just it, it, it is joy for me being able to make sure that I get the, the right shots for the customers. You know, just some of the locations that I've been to, especially over in New Zealand. That one looked pretty low. <laughs> that looked like pretty that low. That one looked very low. Um, and again, this comes down to the experience of the pilots. So you've got to have the utmost trust in. And um, by far, my experience with Tony Monk was one of my favourites. Like this guy is just a legend. He just knew where to put the helicopter. I barely need to give give him any instructions. He just he knew where to put us. It was just it was out of this world. Just the scenery and some of the photos that I've posted and or in videos, a lot of people are saying, Wow, that's like Jurassic Park. It really was. It was just mind blowing over there. So that to me was probably one of my highlights. Just the scenery and the opportunities and getting to meet a lot of people in the industry is just it's really cool. Well, thanks, Mark, for yeah hanging out with us tonight. As I said, looking forward to catching up with you uh, again there at Rotec. And uh, you definitely yeah. get around our corner here in southeast Queensland. Uh, pretty familiar face to, to many of the operators. So uh, it's uh, hopefully a good chance for, for folks to, to hear a bit of your, your story there as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time. really appreciate it. Mark has kindly allowed me to post some of these photos in the blog post for this episode. If you want to see some beautiful air-to-air helicopter shots or looking for inspiration for your, your own photos, if you're updating your marketing, have a look at those there at rotarywingshow.com. As Mark and I mentioned, the Rototech conference is on this week in Brisbane. Mark is at booth 1D5. I've cropped a expo floor plan layout on the blog post for this episode if you want to try and locate Mark. I'm sure he would get an absolute kick out of you taking the time to drop past his booth. Other past guests that you can try and track down there if you want to meet them, let them know that you heard them on the show, will be Rich Butterworth and Ray Cronin at the Kestrel Aviation Stand and John Davis at the Skynet Aviation Stand. The way it happens to work out, all of them are within about three booths distance from where Mark Watterson is set up. I'm not sure what day I'll be there. If you do see me walking around, come and say good day. I would absolutely love to catch up. I'm going to be really easy to spot, unfortunately. Just look for a guy with like a really red face. I look like I've got radiation burns all over my face at the moment. Let me be a, another cautionary tale for everyone listening and to, to just remind you and, and hammer home to keep up the sunscreen. Don't get lazy. I've copped a, a lot of sun in my career and growing up as a kid. And this is the, the third time I've had to use Epidex cream to, to kill off sun damaged spots. It's not fun. If you enjoy these episodes and, and want to keep learning and keep traveling through the helicopter world that is out there, please consider if you can help me out on the on the back end. And if you'd like to chip in a, a dollar or two to the kitty and help me cover some of the costs of putting these episodes out. The place to go is rotarywingshow.com forward slash support. And I'll happily give you some acknowledgement and credit for that as it is really appreciated. These are the absolute legends out there that helped bring the this episode and the next one to you. Jim, Mark, Ian, Hal, Stephen, Alidar, Ben, Jeff, Mike, Bill, Jason, Brent, Michael, AJ, Mark, Shannon, Kirillin, Eric, Jake, Chris, Gareth, John, Heath, Kevin, Tony, Peter, 
Jason, Michael, Lindell. Thanks so much, team. Next episode up is with Jacob from the YouTube channel Helicopter Lessons in 10 Minutes or Less. Jacob is an Apache instructor and has put out some fantastic helicopter aerodynamics theory videos. I've definitely leaned on them for my own study and have pointed students towards them. He has a really clear way of presenting the concepts and it was good fun to catch up on the phone with Jacob. There's a fair chance you've already seen one of his videos. If not, look for Helicopter Lessons in 10 Minutes or Less while you wait for me to edit that episode and get it out to you. Also coming up, I've lined up Richard Mornington Sanford to come back on the show and talk all things Robinson R22 and R44 governor related. If you've ever had a question about the, the Robinson governor setup or operation that you've wanted answered, then it is probably an answer the rest of us would love to, to hear too. Get an email off to me at feedback at rotarywingshow.com as soon as you can so that I can pass it to Richard before I talk to him. I've had lots of great feedback come through about Richard's coverage of, of carburetor heat last time he was on. My thoughts are with all those gathering in Townsville this weekend or wherever they are that are commemorating the 25th anniversary of the Blackhawk accident there and remembering the lives of those that didn't make it through that night and those that, that did and had their lives forever changed. Those are the survivors that I've met and have worked alongside, even if very briefly, I have huge amounts of respect for.